think we're going to keep that series going a little longer just because I love that video. It was amazing. Hey guys, welcome to church. So good to see y'all. If I had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Andrew and I'm one of the pastors here on staff at CBC. We're so grateful that you've joined us for this huge celebration today. A big family. We want to let you know up front kind of what we're doing today. We're going to spend just a few minutes celebrating what God is doing in our church. And then we're going to go outside and we're going to continue the celebration. And it's going to be a blast. Last week we started a brand new series entitled Traction. And this is in line with our annual theme that as we've been praying all year about what God would have for us, we felt like the collective was he wanted us to work on growth, growing in our knowledge, in our understanding, in our relationship with him, in our relationship with others, growing as a church. And so everything that we've done in 2018 with regards to the sermon series and with our discovery ministries, our, our, our growth group ministries, all of that has been geared toward growth. And this series is no different. This series is all about gaining and maintaining spiritual traction. And if you were here last week, then you learned with us the importance of having a goal, of knowing where you're going, understanding your objective, objectives, excuse me, putting together an action plan and living it out. And that was an awesome time together. I was joined on the stage by my five-year-old daughter, MJ, who wanted me to tell all of you she lost her first tooth last night. Major hallmarks. And my three-year-old daughter, Brianne. And we talked about what happens when we allow the wrong people to speak into our lives? When we allow the influence of the world around us to, to, to speak into our lives? When we allow our circumstances to dictate the direction that God's called us to go? How we can run in the right direction toward God that he's calling us to, but then all too quickly and all too often we can be taken off track and even brought back and pulled out of spiritual traction. So we talked about the need and the importance of spiritual traction. Today, in week two of this amazing series, the title of the message is Celebrate the Wins. Celebrate the Wins. In order for us to gain and maintain spiritual traction, we have got to celebrate the wins. And this is not unique to us as a church or in our ministry. We're going to talk about it scripturally. But this is true across every organization that I know that is successful. This is true across every sports team that I know that is successful. This is true of every musician that I've been around that I know that is successful, that all along the way, as you're growing and learning and doing, that you stop and you take time out to celebrate the wins. With sports, a lot of times it's the culmination of a trophy or they hand out game balls every week where they celebrate, even if they didn't win a game, they still celebrate something significant that took place. And what they're doing is they're reinforcing, they're saying, hey, check this out, this was special, this was unique, and we wanna, we wanna recognize it and celebrate that. Throughout scripture, we see the Israelite people, God's chosen people, and even into the New Testament and beyond, celebrating the wins. I was thinking about it this week, and there's multiple examples, but in keeping with what Pastor Jeff challenged me on a thousand to one, and I want some of that. In 1 Samuel 7, the Israelites have been living lives separated from God. They've been chasing Asherah poles. They've been uh, experiencing divination, and they've been living in, in sin separate from God. They've been as the Bible tells us so often, God turns them over to their, to their sins, to their ways. They had been living separate from God, and it was getting them into all kinds of trouble. They were growing further and further distant from God. And there comes a time where they're at war, now this time with the Philistines. And Samuel calls out, and he says, hey guys, we need, we need to repent. We need to turn back to God. We need to recognize the sin that we've been living in. Call it what it is. We need to sacrifice as an act of worship to God. 
and lean into God and trust him to do immeasurably more than we could even imagine. So they begin to collectively worship God. They tear down their Asherah poles. They bring all their idols. They burn them up. They sacrifice and they begin to burn the offering to God. Word spreads throughout the region that the Israelites are doing this, that they are, that, that, that there's a revival taking place, that they have reconciled with God and that Samuel is leading them into this restored relationship, this renewed relationship with God. The Philistines catch word of this and they assemble an army and they begin their attack on the Israelites, knowing that they're vulnerable because they're in a state of worship and a place of worship that they didn't come geared for battle. Word gets back to Samuel that, the, that the Philistines are encroaching, that they're getting closer and closer. And Samuel challenges his people in the midst of a war that is ready to be waged, not to take up gun or sword or go to battle, but to lean into the Lord all the more. Amen. How many of you have a, a, a battle that is about to be waged and you're trying to come up with all the ways that you know how to mitigate the damage from that battle when all along all God wants is for you to lean in him and trust him all the more? To say, I am a sovereign God and I want to care for you. I want to care for your needs and I want to meet you where you're at and I want to take you where I've got you. But we're so worried about scheming and planning and plotting to do things the way we want to do them, the way we think they should be done. And God says, look, the battle is mine. I've got this. And so Samuel challenges the people. He says, guys, lean into the Lord all the more. So they began to pray even more fervently. They began to worship even louder. They began to sacrifice even more. They began to call out on God. God answered in, a, in an amazing way. He brought thunder. He brought lightning. He brought confusion. And in 1 Samuel chapter 7, we see that amongst the storm, that all the Philistines were confused and they began to go at war with one another and they, they ended up running off, waving the white flag before ever going to battle. And Samuel does something so unique, introduces something unique to the people. He says, look, we're going to erect what is known as an Ebenezer. It's a landmark. It's a hallmark. And he says, Ebenezer, is, it represents that, that our God is strong, that the battle is already won, that the battle is the Lord's, that he delivers. And for generation to generation, as people walk by and they see this monument, this Ebenezer that has been erected, and they ask, hey, what's that about? We're going to say, the Lord is strong in battle. The Lord gives us victory. The Lord provides we see this happen with Abram. Abram's got his son Isaac. God tells him, I want you to take your son and I want you to sacrifice him on an altar. I want to know if, if, if you're all in. And Abraham, with reckless abandon, takes his son and they begin this tremendous, arduous journey. And they get up to the place of sacrifice. And as Abraham is being obedient, a ram is caught in the thickets. After Isaac says, Dad, we have no offering no sacrifice, no ram for the offering. What are we going to do? And Abraham says, the Lord will provide. And in the moment where he exercises absolute and complete obedience, there's a ram caught in the thickets. And Abraham goes and he pulls the ram from the thickets. And there he sacrifices this ram in obedience and worship. And they build an altar and they name the altar, the Lord will provide. So from generation to generation, as they walk by, they'll ask the question, what is that about? And we'll say, the Lord provides. Joshua. Joshua, on the heels of taking over leadership, Moses has been up on the mountainside. He can see the promised land. He encourages Joshua. He instructs the people of Israel. And he says, look, Joshua, don't, don't be afraid. Take courage. 
God's going to lead you into the land that he's promised from generation to generation. And Joshua, as he goes, the water parts and he leads the people. And there in the middle, they erect this monument of 12 stones. And again, when they get on the other side, they erect this monument. And Joshua says, we're going to build this here so that for generations after, when they walk by and they see this Ebenezer, they'll ask, what is this about? And we can celebrate the win that the Lord provides. You guys, what God is doing in our community is tremendous. What God is allowing us as a church to be involved with, a part of, is miraculous. We are a part of a revival And I I am so excited about it. And we want to take an opportunity to say, hey, look, as we're gaining and maintaining spiritual momentum, we're going to have to build some wins along the way. We're going to have to look back because when the enemy gets a foothold and he's going to try, the Bible says he comes like a thief in the night to steal, to kill and destroy. In fact, Jesus even said to Peter, he says, Simon, Simon, Satan wishes to sift you as wheat. He's got a sickle and he wants to cut you at the root. But I've prayed for you that you'll have power, that you'll have courage, and that when you go through your battle, you'll be able to turn back and strengthen your brothers because of the win that I have for you. So today, we're going to celebrate the wins. And I hope two things happen. I hope you find freedom in celebrating what God's doing collectively as a big church family. And number two, I hope you are encouraged and challenged and learn the tremendous value of celebrating the wins in your own life as you're going through life. Because there will be times where some days are a little more rough than others. Anybody been there? Anybody been there? And it's important. In order to get through that, the Lord has given us these wins that we get to celebrate. And we can stand in the middle of our storms. And I've said it so often before. If you're not in the middle of a storm, it's because you've just come out on the other side of one. Or buckle up because one's coming. Jesus says, in this world, you will have troubles of many kinds. Storms are coming. But take heart. I've overcome the world. That's a win. We get to celebrate no matter what your circumstance this morning because the battle has already been won. It's been waged and it's been won. And the victory is Jesus and ours is the victory in Jesus. So today we're going to celebrate the wins. And I'm going to encourage you to, to celebrate with us. I want to introduce some of our ministry team to you. I have the privilege of doing life and ministry with the best team on the planet. And God has done a tremendous job of assembling who he has called and appointed not only in staff, but in our elders and in our team leaders. And we are, we are so blessed by each one of them. And so I'm going to let them introduce themselves initially and tell you a little bit about what their win is that they're celebrating. So Pastor Alex, you've got the mic. Tell us that you're Alex Smith and, and, what, and that you're the worship pastor here, that you're responsible yes. for the creative arts department and everything that happens with we go. Encounter. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, yeah. And then tell us what you're excited about. You bet. The first thing I, that, that we need to celebrate, yesterday was Andrew's birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday, Andrew. Oh, stop, dude. Stop, dude. <laughs> Uh, second, second win is he did that in under 10 minutes. That was under 10 minutes just then. Uh, so again, my name is Alex. I'm the worship pastor here. I do a lot of creative stuff and work with a wonderful team. Uh, these are just a few of the people that I get to work with. Um, my wife and I have been here for just over a year. And I, just as I thought that I was starting to know everybody around here, last weekend we were uh, in Kansas City for a wedding and uh, we got back on, on Sunday afternoon, and I uh, got to do the, the usual weekly shopping. So we're at the grocery store and picking things out of, the, out of the shelves. And I see, I think it was three, I see three people 
with this here to serve t-shirt on because we had yeah. we had just had uh, we're in the middle of our giant haircut event that we were doing last week which I think we're going to hear a little bit about in a minute uh, we're in the middle of that I saw three people with this t-shirt on which means you know they're part of our church they're involved and I had never seen them before in my life I had never seen them before in my life, which communicates to me that our church is in the middle of a transition. We're on the edge of something great in that I'm here all the time. I mean, I'm here more than I am at home. And I still don't know all of you, and there are still new people who are getting involved and going out and making a difference in the community. So friends, if that's something that you want to be a part of, we've got plenty and plenty of opportunities on the cusp where you can get involved and wear this team t-shirt and be out in the community making a real difference. So I just wanted to celebrate that even though I've been here, uh, you know, over a year, I thought I was just getting familiar with everybody. There are still more of you that are still getting involved and there's still more of you that I know want to get involved and you just need to take that step. So uh, I, I would just encourage you to take that leap of faith become part of this team. We're better together. There's no way that we can, uh, just as a staff team, go out and make any kind of dent in the community with the things that need to get done. So I want to see this t-shirt out in the community and introduce yourself to me when you see me, because I haven't met all of you yet, but we're all part of just one big team. So thank you. Thank you for the work that you're doing. We we are. With that, I want to celebrate two things right in line with what Pastor Alex just shared. We have been hearing from our team. We have our all-staff development time every Tuesday. And just last Sunday, Jeannie Gensler, who is one half of our Connections team, grabbed my arm and pulled me into our Connections area. She pulled out a stack of Connection cards from new people that was no exaggeration, a half inch thick. And she said, Andrew, this is just from today. We've got more new people. She said, I I spent my entire time today connecting with new people that I've never met before. That is awesome. And the second thing that I'm being told from our team is we've got more volunteers in the life of the church right now than we've ever had before. That is huge. If you're a part of any type of ministry at our church, volunteering, serving, using your time, treasure, and talents, I want to celebrate what God is. I want to honor you and tell you thank you because we don't do what we do without you. And this community is not the same without your investment and with you using the gifts and the opportunities that God has given you. So team, help me thank them for their gifts. Um, I'm Mark Zanotto. I'm the executive pastor. And I, I say that. Um, but I really am blessed to be in that role. Um, I see firsthand all the time the level of involvement that's happening across our church and the involvement that people, people coming up to me all the time saying, hey, how do I plug in? What do, I, what do you need? Where, where can I help? And that's incredible. Um, there's two things I want to highlight in my just couple of minutes that I have. And one is, as an executive pastor, obviously one of my responsibilities is to make sure that we maintain this facility that we're blessed with. And, and I said, if you were here at our, our annual meeting uh, just a couple of months ago, there's a lot coming. There's a lot of changes going to happen to this physical plant to make it effective as a tool to reach our community. Amen. You've probably seen some of that happening right now. The, the incredible coffee bar that's going in, if you haven't had a chance to see the work that's going on in there, stop by, take a look. It's so exciting. But what that is, is it's a first step that's going to allow us to reorient our entire lobby 
and reorient the doors that we can better utilize this space, that space, and have a better flow on Sunday mornings when folks are here so that we can have more fellowship, more opportunity to engage each other when we're here. So that's incredible. We're going through a facelift in, in the fellowship hall. That is going to be painted. There's going to be new flooring in there. All of that will be just so that we can better utilize that space for some things that are coming. Um, I don't want to tip the hand too early. You'll be hearing about those in the weeks to come, but I could not be, I'm, I'm literally, it's everything in my being not to like spill the beans right now and tell you what's coming because it's that exciting. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about is um, our youth at this church. With Jeff joining, Jeff and Carla joining our team, I could not be more excited. We have been blessed the last couple of years with the growth in our youth program. Um, and my wife and I have been a part of that for, for several years now, as have many of you on Wednesday nights helping out. But I, for the second time this summer, got to join, and, and I mean literally join, the team going to the DR. Um, you know, we were originally going to Nicaragua. The unrest in Nicaragua changed the plans. Um, we could have been very easily just literally taken off guard by that whole move had we not pressed into the Lord and trusted that the Lord had a plan. And in doing that, we went to the DR. We didn't go to the, the normal site in Harabacoa that we, we often go to. There's a new site that's been opened in Santiago. Santiago is the second largest city in the Dominican Republic. And it is, uh, it's an amazing city, but it is a city that has a huge impoverished population uh, that exists in this area called Cienfuegos. And we took 19 students uh, with us. These were high school age or just graduated individuals. And I cannot tell you the incredible opportunity it was to see these students in action. These young men and women, um, you know, they, they land on the ground in a foreign country, not knowing entirely what to expect, uh, going to a base they've never seen, engaging in ministries that they've never, ever been a part of. And, and many of them are fledgling and brand new ministries because that site's only been up and running for two years now. But the growth that I saw in two weeks, I am so encouraged. We have young men and women that are, a few of them are going off to college and they're going to do incredible things. The leadership that I saw in some of those individuals and the high school age kids that we brought, I could not be more excited. We did a thing we call theography where we've been interviewing our community. And one of the things that was very apparent in the interviews that we've conducted is the need for youth programs, youth activities, youth engagement in our community. And I am so encouraged by these young men and women. They are going to impact our high school campus this year for the Lord. I could not be more convinced of that. And I know that what Jeff and Carla have planned from leadership development is only going to add to that. So I just, I'm beside myself in being um, so excited and so happy and so blessed to be a part of our youth program. How about that? I thought they'd heard enough from me. And he said, I'm done. 
One of the things that we are celebrating is a tremendous generosity of our church, not just in our church, but in our community. And you're going to hear more about that here in just a minute. But within the walls of our church, people are hearing the vision and they're getting excited about what God is doing here. And so with a lot of the projects that you're seeing, uh, many of you who are new here wouldn't know that this is a relatively new stage in the last eight, nine months. Uh, The coffee bar is obviously brand new. There's all kinds of new things going on. That is above and beyond our general offering. The people have come in and said, hey, we want to take care of that. We want to bless the church. We want to to cover that. And not only the finances, but it's been built entirely on volunteer labor. And so to you who have chosen to give financially to these projects, as well as your your amazing talent and your time to make these happen, again, we celebrate that way and we say thank you guys so much. Jen, tell us what's going on with you. What are you excited about? Uh, my name is Jen Sullivan, and I'm the children's director here. Um, speaking in front of you is not my thing, so. <laughs> um, I just, oh. first of all, the kids, the number of kids that are here just this morning is overwhelming. Um, we have over 100 kids in the kids' wing today, and so just to see all of their little faces here, some excited, some not so much, is amazing. <laughs> and then the volunteers, um, a lot of our teachers have come in and helpers, so it's just overwhelming to see, you know, we know it's going to be a big morning and everybody come in and just filling in where, where they need to be. So um, we have done a lot this summer in kids' ministry. Um, we have branded our ministry a little bit. We've done a lot of um, painting and bringing in new things for the, the kids to do, a new curriculum. Um, we all have our, our fancy shirts, so if they're wearing a blue shirt, then you know they're a safe person to work <laughs> with kids. <laughs> I mean... We should have worn the black. <laughs> I think he snuck it. No. <laughs> Actually, he's a really great teacher. I'm trying to get him. If he wasn't so busy on Sunday mornings, I'd... Um, But no, I mean, VBS this summer, we had over 180 kids come through our doors every day. We um, had almost 70 volunteers come through every day, which is huge. I mean, it's amazing. Um, The kids, we we collected items for our mission trip. They brought in over 800 items, and so these kids are learning the love and the value and the need to serve and just to love on other people. Um, Awana is coming up. I'm just so excited for this Awana gear. We've got a lot planned. We've got some new volunteers. Um, We had a big pool party last weekend, and we invited the community over 130, I think, kids were there. I mean, it was was a blast, and so we got a lot of new families here, and yeah. Amen. Yeah, the uh, Jen was telling me I got done with what you're about to hear in just a minute from our director of, of Engage, uh, and I left. I left the big event from last Sunday where we were blessing our community, and I, I met my wife and kids over at the the Blair Pool. And as I pulled up, it was packed, and I, I walked up to Jen, and uh, she said, "Did you, you know, do you have any idea what's going on?" And I said, "Well, yeah, he, I know what we're doing here." She said, "Wait till you walk around the corner." I walked around the corner. It was packed. I literally thought it was open swim because of how many kids were there. I had no idea that that was just our group. And I came back. I found Jenna. I said, this is crazy. She said, Andrew, these are all our, our folks. 
And so that was tremendous. Jen is doing an amazing job with her, uh, with her ministry, with Caitlin, her entire team, their volunteer corps. Uh, here's the thing. With the growing ministry and all that is going on there, I'm going to shamelessly plug this ministry and say, listen, I don't need you to come up here and preach on Sundays. I get most of you wouldn't want to do that. But you are making an eternal difference in the lives of kids. I, I have one of my good friends, true story, this is amazing, this last week, uh, was in my driveway and his, his son was with him and he had this huge gnarly booger like hanging down. <laughs> and my buddy walked up to his kid and he just grabbed the booger like this. And he went like this and then he grabbed his waistband and he went like that and he said, hey, I'm going to let you in on a secret to my wife. He said, don't ever touch the waistband of my pants because they're usually covered with boogers. <laughs> I'm like... Oh, that is awesome. Oh, I taught my kids to eat them. Like, we're more resourceful. <laughs> Bill's antibodies. But in all seriousness, in all seriousness, the reason I tell you that, the reason I tell you that is because sometimes the biggest difference you can make is in helping the kids get where they need to go and wiping their little runny noses and blessing them and just loving on them. And, uh, and those are the things that they're going to remember forever are the people that, well, here, Jane Smith. We just celebrated Jane Smith yeah. on our Facebook page. Yes. And apparently she has been involved in every kid's life for the last seven generations yes, in Blair, right. which has been tremendous. <laughs> uh, she is involved in the kids' ministry now. And my kids are a byproduct of the blessing and the byproduct of her faithful service. And so, guys, uh, Jen needs more volunteers. Yes. She needs people. And we need you to step up and say, yep, I'm all in. Count me in. I can, I can, I can help. I'm in. Right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Your turn. Loaded for bear. Even though I'm following the booger story, <laughs> I'm still excited. Hello, I'm Lisa Wheeler, and I am now the director of Engage. Amen. Um, and I couldn't be more excited. Scared, excited, you know, isn't that the, that, that's where God shows up, is yeah. when you're a little scared and what you're going to do. And um, Andrew, when he showed up here almost two years ago, he had all these ideas of outreach, and I was jumping for joy finally we i believe that this is a church that wants to get out in our community Amen. we just needed to provide opportunities i've believed that about this church for years and so knowing that was andrew's a dreamer we made it happen last sunday guys we his haircut event came um too and we had 12 we'll start with we had 12 um volunteers who who gave four hours each um of cutting hair straight <laughs> and they were pumping them through we thought at best we could do 144 that day with 12 volunteers for eight hours and they um did 182 haircuts that day <laughs> last night i looked at the names and and with that it really came down to about 120 families in Blair that we were wow. able to bless. Come on. Um, Come on. That, that's just Amen. fantastic. Um, we had 75 volunteers pull that day off. Um, you guys showed up with your smiles on. It was hot. Uh, we'd been spoiled with a few nice days, and then that 90-degree weather out in the sun with the bounce house came. But you guys were troopers. Um, and I just got two great stories, I guess. Um, you know, my family, we believe, as I've worked with the youth, that we serve. And my, my first um, excitement came when I saw a family of four show up with their black shirts on ready to serve. 
it just warmed my heart that um, they thought how important this was that they served together. Um, and, and they were excited, and they, they rocked their job. Yeah, so good, good job, guys. Um, so to everybody who, who came, I appreciate you. Um, secondly, you know, starting a new ministry, um, I was a little nervous. And doing something we've never done was a little nerve-wracking. And, and God, God blessed me that morning. First thing, um, a woman came up to me, um, asked Somebody said, you're in charge, and I laughed because I'm <laughs> never in charge of anything, but I happen to be of that. So I said yes, and um, she started weeping, and her two boys were standing there with really shaggy, long hair, and she said, you have no idea the difference this makes. They'll get to go to school with a haircut. After buying their school stuff, I, didn't, I wasn't going to have money. And then boys came out with their little faux hawks, and they were so proud, <laughs> and and that was just a, a word from God that um, what we're doing, albeit haircuts, albeit, you know, just we were loving the community. And, and church, you showed up and loved our community. Amen. So thank you and good job. Amen. And let's keep doing this. Amen. I want to tell you again that God is doing something spectacular. There is a revival and people are hearing about what's going on at Country Bible Church and they are coming to us, asking us, how can we be involved with what you guys are up to? Uh, The salon that we used all day, 100% donated. It was completely given. The stylist, 100% donated. 48 hours were donated completely donated, carnival games, donated, inflatable, donated, everything that we were able to pull off was completely donated, and not by people who go to our church necessarily, but local business owners who found out what we were doing and said, look, we're all in. We want to be a part of it. So, wow, amazing. Absolutely amazing. So here's my plug. Jen got one. I got a plug. If you have ideas, come find me. Let's figure out how we can um, fill the needs of the people in our community. Amen. Come find me. Yeah, amen. Guys, we are going to be done on time. Woo! You are awesome. You guys are good to go. You guys, would somebody take my chair with you? And I just want to spend a couple more ben, minutes with you are you hiding back guys. there somewhere? Worship team, come hang out with me. If you guys start playing, I'll start praying sooner. <laughs> I think Sue sat on stage a few weeks ago for 15 minutes while I finished. (laughs) Hey, just here's another shameless plug. Third service, you always get more. So yeah, she came up in the third service. Anyway, guys, throughout scripture, we see these Ebenezers that are erected to celebrate the wins. Then the establishment of the early church comes into play. And we're giving clear mandates of how to celebrate the wins within Christian community. We celebrate the win through communion. When Jesus says, listen, guys, I'm not going to be here much longer with you this side of heaven. I'm going to go and prepare a place, and you're going to join me. But this side of heaven, whenever you guys get together, I want you to take unleavened bread. I want you to break it, and I want you to eat it. And then I want you to take some wine and a common cup, and I want you to pass it around and celebrate it. Because as often as you eat this and drink this, you're doing it in my memory. You're celebrating the win. And at the time that Jesus had that conversation with his disciples, they didn't even understand the significance of the win. The wind that Jesus would go to the cross, that he would give his life entirely and completely once and for all in our place, bearing the burdens of our sins, that he would 
breathe his last breath. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Into your hands I surrender my soul. And he would be brought down from the cross and he would be wrapped in burial cloths and he would be put in a borrowed tomb. But that three days later he would conquer the grave, overcome death, and give us the possibility of eternal life. So we celebrate communion as a win to say, God, without you, this isn't possible. Without you, none of this is possible. We're saved by your grace, not by anything we can do. And so we celebrate that. In Scripture, we see that we're called to celebrate in song. This goes throughout the Bible, Genesis to Revelation. That there's, the, the, the psalmist says that God's put a new song in our heart and that when we come together, we celebrate that we get to get loud, that we get to, to, to worship. And the Bible talks about all kinds of musical instruments, harps and lyres and tambourines. I actually asked Pastor Alex for a tambourine this morning and he laughed at me and told me to get out. <laughs> but we're called to celebrate in song as we, as we worship, as we just declare, God, we're praising you. You are awesome. We love you. This is the ultimate and proverbial touchdown in our Christian faith. Hands lifted high in surrender, saying, God, you're awesome. Thank you. We love you. There's also something tremendously valuable in singing these hymns and songs and spiritual praises because loaded, packed in each one of them is doctrine. It's theology. It teaches us all the more about Jesus and it introduces all the more the need for a right relationship with him. Another way that we celebrate is through the giving of our tithe. The Bible says in Malachi to bring the whole tithe to the storehouse. In the Gospels, Jesus is in the temple and he's worshiping. And it's a collective worship. There's 13 temple treasuries that are shaped like a trumpet. They're ornate and beautiful. And it was common practice. It was well known that in the middle of this worship, people would get up unashamedly and they would walk over to these temple treasuries and they would give uh, their money. They would give of, of, of their harvest. They would give their, their 10% up front to say, God, this provision is only made possible by you. And so you've given it to me and I'm giving it back to you. Not just the end of it, not just the last 1%, but I'm giving you the first 10% because I love you and I couldn't do it without you. And they would do it collectively. And Jesus says, hey, you see that widow right there? Yeah, the, the meek little woman over there who just gave two, two little pennies, two mites. She's given more than everybody here who's making a big show of this because she's given not out of her abundance, but she's giving out of obedience. Oh, that'll preach right there. That's right. Some of us this morning, we may not be able to give out of abundance, but we absolutely can give out of obedience, every one of us. You know, finances is something pastors don't talk about, and I'm not going to be apologetic about it. We don't do what we do without the generous gifts of those of you who are obedient to the Word of God. I thank you. One of our elders, Kevin Barnhill, we had a meeting yesterday, and he celebrated a win. He said, hey, man, I just want you guys to know. There were 16 of us in the room, and he's going around. He said, have any of you been tracking what's going on this summer? And he said, what do you mean? He says, two things. Number one. Our attendance has gone up all throughout the summer. Do you know that historically, nationally, attendance in every church drops? If you look at year over year, our attendance this entire summer, Kevin, has gone up all summer. The second thing Kevin said, he said, Andrew, we've got more people who give to the church this summer than we've ever had. The number of people who have committed themselves to what God is doing here and are giving financially to be a part of it is tremendous. So guys, let's celebrate that one. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
if you are not sure how to give here, we've made it really easy. We give electronically. You can text to give. You can go online and give at our website, cbcountrybible.org. Oh, speaking of CBC, y'all know that we have this amazing blog that we launched called cbcblog.org? It's amazing. Check it out. We started our Philippians Challenge a week ago. If you haven't had a chance, it's, it's, I love the number of people coming up to us telling us about what God's doing through that. cbcblog.org. You can check it out and start the Philippians Challenge. Uh, we have giving boxes in the back of our church. We'd just love for you to, to partner with us in advancing the kingdom that way. And another way that we celebrate is what we're going to do today. Jesus demonstrated baptism. It was his introduction to public ministry. John the baptizer, he walks into the water with them and he baptizes them. And as he comes out, the heavens open up and God says, this is my son whom I love and him I'm well pleased. Jesus, the last thing he says in a conversation with the disciples, he says, look, as you see me doing these things, you also do them. And then we see throughout the establishment of the early church, the celebration of baptisms. And what a baptism is, it's like a wedding ring. It's a public declaration of, a, of an internal commitment, an internal and an internal commitment. It's saying, look, I've given my life to Jesus. And another thing that I want to celebrate is our team just told me this last week that as of the last 23, 22 months, August, September, 22 months, we have had 262 people that we know of give their life to Jesus as a byproduct of the ministry of Jesus in our church. I was also told that we are close to ordering our next round of Bibles, which puts us over 750 Bibles that we've given out as a byproduct. This stuff just never gets old. This never gets old. This never gets old. Y'all can go ahead and say, I'm preaching now. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Come on. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Baptism is is an amazing declaration. It symbolizes as you go into the water... What Paul told the church in Corinth, that you are a new creation, you're dead to sin, you're alive in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. And so as you enter into the water, it's a physical representation of your old self and choosing to die to that self through giving your life to Jesus. And as you come out of the water, as so many hymns and songs declare that you are washed white as snow, that you are clean, you are pure. Not because of anything that you did, but because of what Jesus is doing in you and through you. So I want to encourage each one of you. Alex is going to give you some instructions in just a minute. But we're going to go outside. And we have got a ton of people that are going to be ready to go public with their faith. If you uh, are here this morning and you have made a decision to follow Jesus in your life. And you've been wrestling with, what do I do this baptism thing? Do I, do I get baptized or shouldn't I get baptized? And theologically, I was dedicated as a child or I was baptized as a baby. What do I do with that? Guys, we see pretty clearly in Scripture that the age of accountability for the Jewish community was 13 years old. That's why they celebrate bar mitzvahs and bar mitzvahs at age 13. In Hispanic culture, uh, Latino culture, they have their, their quinceanera about the same, I think it's 15 it just symbolizes a coming of age, the rite of, rite of passage, if you will. But in Scripture, we see every evidence that people who were baptized were at an age of accountability where made, they made the decision, where they said, I am going forward in my faith and declaring that Jesus is my Savior. There's nothing wrong with baptizing or dedicating your children. But if I'm being honest, I mean, we've done it with every one of our six children. 
But I just want to tell you what that really is. That's, that's really about us as parents and us as a corporate community, as a church. It's saying that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're going to raise our children up in the ways of the Lord in hopes that when they're older, they won't turn from it. They'll come back and they'll worship God. So the baptisms as babies and the dedications as babies, that's about us as kind of big folk saying we're going we're to raise our kids in the Lord. So I just want to encourage you. If you're here this morning, you've never been baptized, but you've given your life to Jesus, don't let the fact that you didn't sign up stop you. We've taken all the guesswork out. We've got amazing t-shirts that you get to have. They're black. They have a great big huge. In fact, come here. Let me show people your, your shirt. You're, you're, here, you're on display. Come on up here with me. Come on. Yeah, yeah, right here. Jen's getting baptized today. And I, I am so, so excited. So you get a, you get a, you're embarrassed now. You can go back down. So, thanks, Jen. You get a t-shirt like that. And you say, well, pastor, I didn't bring any shorts. We got that covered. We thought about that. You say, well, pastor, I didn't bring any hair product. We got you covered. I don't need any. We say, pastor, pastor, I, 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 listen, anything male or female that you can possibly think of that would prevent you from being baptized, we've already thought of. There's nothing stopping you from going public with your faith today. So here's what we're going to do. In a minute, Pastor Alex is going to tell you, but you're going to get up. Every one of you who's already signed up, I think there's 18 that have already signed up to be baptized today. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a win. Come on. And still, there's some of you in here this morning that have given your life to Jesus. You just haven't known what to do next. Well, your next step is to go public with your faith to say, yep, all to Jesus. I'm all in. So when Pastor Alex gives you the cue to get up and go, you too, whether you're here in a sport coat and a tie or nothing, nothing, I almost said nothing. That's not what I was going to say. That's not what I meant to say. Or you're not, just what I'm saying is don't let any excuses get in the way of you going public with your faith today and declaring that today is the day that we're going to celebrate the win. Church, I love you, and I am absolutely proud to be your pastor.